Welcome to the Dr. Dez Says It's All Your Immunity podcast. What the South African variant tells us about our future with COVID-19. As new variants of SARS-CoV-2 sweep across the globe, the efficiency and the speed of new infection and reinfection cases have given pause to those who thought a good vaccine would help diminish the virus quickly. In the time since those initial predictions, some good things have happened. We have had several vaccines come online and countries are starting their vaccination programs. And a significant portion of the world's population have been exposed to the virus through natural infection, which studies show conveys some immunity to the virus. While all of these developments should give many a cause for hope, the emerging variants have shown to be effective at evading some vaccines and causing new infection patterns, which include a greater infection rate and early evidence of increased infection among school-age children. What does all of this mean for ridding the world of this virus? Will the virus be eradicated? Or will the virus become endemic or seasonal? We will discuss all of these topics in this episode. Now, before I get into the heart of this discussion, I want to say that I am hesitant to give many talks on the variants. Yes, I have had an episode where I answered questions that I received about the variants, and I have talked about the variants in episodes that focused on vaccine efficiency and efficacy. But my belief is that incessant updates may give the wrong impression that there is something out of the ordinary about the emergence of variants. But in reality, it is quite common for viruses to mutate, especially for those viruses in a community for any significant length of time with a wide community spread. And if there are effective treatments to blunt the worst of what the pandemic can do, and we continue to emphasize social distancing, we should not be collectively alarmed by the rise of the variants. But in a time when we have to stay vigilant, there are news events which should give us pause and make us reassess where we are in the battle against SARS-CoV-2. I believe this is one of those times. You may have recently awakened to headlines like the one that said Israel's health ministry confirmed that two Israelis who have recently recovered from the coronavirus have been reinfected by the variant first identified in South Africa. That announcement came as Israel was seeing a drop in its infection rates. Another story from the UK's The Guardian recently reported that the South African variant reduced the AstraZeneca-Oxford University coronavirus vaccine to only a 10% efficacy against mild to moderate infection. 
This is in relation to its efficacy of over 80% against the original virus. These stories encapsulate the core issues the viral variants present when we are trying to predict if we will ever be rid of the coronavirus. First, it's happening at a time when many countries were experiencing falling infection rates, only to see those rates increase after the variants gained prevalence in a community. Second, once natural infection conferred a measure of immunity to the original virus, the reinfection with the variant shows that the original viral infection, which to this point has been the dominant form, cannot confer protection against the variants. And third, the variants may have rendered one of the most potent vaccines against the coronavirus useless against mild to moderate infection. So, before we continue, let's define what is meant by eradication. It means the permanent reduction to zero of worldwide incidents of infection caused by a virus as the result of deliberate efforts, and is the point in which intervention measures are no longer needed. In order to eradicate an infectious disease or lessen its ability to impede daily life, what has to happen is that the majority of a defined population has to have immunity through vaccination or natural exposure. This reduces the number of human targets the virus must have to multiply itself and spread infection throughout a community. You probably already know this as the idea of herd immunity. What this South African variant and other variants are doing is making it more difficult to get and sustain immunity because vaccines may not be as effective, which is the first part of communal immunity. And the reinfections tell us that most of the conferred immunity to the first original coronavirus is not conferred to its variants. This means there might have to be a reset for a population to have immunity to the variants if exposure is gained through natural immunity. That is why the South African variant is called an escape mutant. All of these are examples of viruses being able to escape some of the natural occurring antibodies and those antibodies produced by the vaccines. Now what if we ponder a few simple questions? What if the next variant is one of many variants to the South African one? What if it has all the same hallmarks of the South African variant, but is better able to escape detection by a vaccine and your immune system? What if we are not able to get control over the next variant through vaccination and natural immunity? What if we just continue in this cycle? And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Dr. Des, this can't happen. And I'm here to tell you, oh, it can, and it has. Human beings battled smallpox for 12,000 years. When vaccines came on the scene, we battled it for another 100 plus years. 
In fact, the first ever vaccine was a vaccine against smallpox created by Dr. Edward Jenner. The reason I pose those questions is because if there is a mutation this brutally efficient at infecting people and invading the mechanisms of natural immunity and vaccination, then outside of trying to inoculate as many people as we can as soon as we can and continuing to adhere to social distancing, is there really anything we can do other than waiting for the virus maybe to mutate itself out of existence? Think about it. If this mutation, the South African variant, happened in only a matter of months, other problematic mutations could follow. The good news for now is that outside of the AstraZeneca vaccine, most vaccines against the coronavirus seem to still confer immunity against the variants, including the South African one. But if there is a scenario where you have more aggressive mutations leading to stronger variants, you could have vaccine resistance, not imminently, but definitely in the future. I am not saying that this would definitely happen, but the possibility is there. Now, we have looked at some key questions in predicting the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, how well and how long the immune responses protect a host from reinfection is an especially important point. For some viruses, an infection can provide lifelong immunity. For seasonal virus, like some other coronavirus strains, the protective immunity is short-lived. If more coronavirus variants can evade immunity, there is a good chance that this coronavirus is here for the long haul. If that happens, we as scientists and we as citizens must be prepared. Vaccines will have to be updated maybe every year or maybe every few years. Fortunately, some of the newer vaccines like the messenger RNA vaccines, use a type of technology to where the vaccines can be tweaked in a relatively quick time frame. And if you want to hear a more in-depth discussion of these new messenger RNA vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna, please listen to episode three of this podcast titled, Why Do Vaccines Take So Long to Make the New mRNA Vaccines? And additional types of therapeutics like monoclonal antibodies coupled with more traditional antivirals can be used to blunt the overwhelming ramifications of an uncontrolled virus. Like we said before, the virus threat can recede when there is sustained immunity, either through vaccination or natural immunity. With a diminishing crisis, we can learn to live with the virus no matter what stage it's in. But how will we know when we are successfully living with the virus, even if the virus is not eradicated? That will be when we are able to see diminishing hospitalizations, ICU stays, and death due to the coronavirus over a sustained time. So we are not talking in terms of days weeks, or even months, 
but we need to see this progress year over year. And the world will have to prepare for the possibility, even the likelihood, that over the long term, the coronavirus will become a persistent disease threat, either by being a seasonal one like the flu or common cold, or one that is endemic. Which is to say that it is around all year, regardless of season, but one in which there are treatments even beyond vaccines. This is really the definition of an endemic virus. It is in the population, but can be effectively dealt with with therapeutics. And the virus no longer causes excessive hospitalizations and death. A more modern example of this than smallpox is the human immunodeficiency virus, or HIV. Although the CDC still considers HIV a pandemic, scientists and doctors have developed life-saving measures to deal with contracting the disease. And the level of awareness of HIV has forced people, especially earlier in the history of the pandemic, to make the behavioral changes that blunted the transmission of the virus significantly. And the important note to all of this is that HIV has never had a successful vaccine developed. So basically, a change in human behavior coupled with the development of therapeutics controlled this pandemic. Even people who are infected with HIV can still lead long, productive, and healthy lives. There are lessons in this for us today. Malaria is a serious, sometimes fatal disease caused by a parasite and transmitted by mosquitoes to humans and is another example of an endemic disease in certain geographical areas. The highest transmission rate of malaria is in parts of Sub-Saharan Africa and Papua New Guinea. Malaria is more widespread in warm regions close to the equator. This fact makes the disease endemic to those countries. But again, with therapeutics, the transmission rates can be controlled. There is also a chance that COVID-19 may become a cold-causing coronavirus or a seasonal flu circulating during certain months of the year and subsiding during others. While influenza is not classified as an endemic virus, because you can predict its timing, measures can be put in place to reduce and control its spread through vaccines, and antiviral therapeutics. The conclusion I'm making is simply that we may never reach the point where this virus is fully eradicated. The variants give us some clues to this because they are mutations that make the virus spread more easily throughout a community. And these mutations help the variants evade preventative measures like vaccines and therapeutic measures such as monoclonal antibodies. These variants also evade our natural immunity more easily. All of these factors lead us to believe that it could be a while before we fully get a handle on the virus and get full control to the point of eradication. Although we may not eradicate the virus, 
and may have to live with it longer than we would have hoped. We humans have had a track record of ultimately living successfully with them in our midst, but it will take vigilance, continued modification in our behaviors, and the ability to vaccinate and provide increasingly better therapeutics against the virus. Although we are not out of the woods yet, we must live with the knowledge that we have seen these viruses and pandemics before, and we've survived them. As long as we have remained knowledgeable, stayed vigilant, formulated a plan, and stick to it. Thank you. I'm Dr. Desiree Barrett. And if you have any questions for me about this episode or any of our previous episodes, please email me at drdezsays at gmail.com, D-R period D-E-S-S-A-Y-S at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on Twitter at drdezsays, the number one, at Facebook at Dr. Dad Says, and on Instagram, also at Dr. Dad Says. Until the next time, just remember, it's all your immunity.